Hi, I'm Brett Robinson. Welcome to the Redeeming Hope Podcast, where we share biblical truths that'll give you real hope. What is real hope? It's a hope that is relevant, energizing, authentic, and linked to Jesus. On today's podcast, I'm going to be speaking about seeing the fulfillment of God's will come to pass in your life. Did you know that the Bible has a lot to say about time? It even speaks about set times and the fullness of time. But before we get into that and begin to read scripture, uh, today in the city where I live, in Port Elizabeth, there was a big cycle race. And the athletes who had planned to compete knew about the day of the race a long time in advance so that they could prepare themselves and get fit and train and prepare uh, their, their bodies and have the right kind of nutrition and diet and a lot went into their planning and preparation and once they were doing all those things they would look forward to the day and mark the days off on their calendar and they had to wait patiently for the day to come then finally this morning the day dawned they had to get themselves down to the starting line and then they had to wait some more they had to wait for the starting gun to go off they couldn't just go off any old time that they just felt like it no they had to wait there was a set time some of them who did particularly well in today's race are going to have to wait again later today. If they place well, they're going to have to wait for the award ceremony to receive their medal. Some of you had to wait today for the roads to open so that you could get to church. It seems like in life there's always something that we are waiting for. What does the Bible have to say about this? Let's read together from Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 and 10. It says, He made known to us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven, and on earth, under Christ. Do you know that God wants us to know His will and to implement it in our lives? Sometimes we can think of God's will as something that will just happen, regardless of what we do or don't do, whenever God may suddenly feel ready. But actually, in this scripture, it says, He made known to us the mystery of His will. You see, God wants us to know His will and to implement it in our lives. In fact, it talks about this in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. I'm going to read this for you from the Passion Translation. It says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through 
a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. So this scripture speaks about a process of preparation that we can choose to go through as we cooperate with God in order that we may confidently know His will. And that as we do that, our discernment, our ability to recognize God's will grows stronger. It becomes easier to identify His will in our lives and to do it. God wants us to see the fulfillment of His will come to pass in our lives. God does not expect us to be kept in a place of indefinite waiting. You see, when we cooperate with God, His plans will come to pass in our lives. And I'd like to give you a practical example of this happening in Scripture. In Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 and 5, we read this. But when the set time, another translation says the fullness of time, had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. When the set time had fully come, God sent His Son. What was the set time? Well, I know we can look at that from a historical standpoint and we can look at the genealogy of Jesus and the many prophecies that were given in the Old Testament pointing toward Jesus. But for the purpose of our example today, I'd like to look specifically at the time around Jesus' birth. You see, God sent the angel Gabriel to someone at a set time. And that someone, of course, was Mary. The angel Gabriel came bearing a message, a message of promise. Let's look at this set time, at this message as an opportunity. God presented Mary with an opportunity to respond to his promise in faith. And in fact, as we read this story, and you can go ahead and do this in Luke chapter 1, we can see that Jesus was conceived after Mary responded in faith and came into agreement with the promise of God. And this is a sermon all on its own, and it's one that I love to preach. But for the purpose of today, I want to focus just on the cooperation aspects of the story. Just like when Mary cooperated with God and responded to Him in faith, Jesus was conceived. When we cooperate with God and respond to Him in faith, Amazing things will be conceived in our hearts 
in our lives that can bring a tremendous blessing to pass. Isn't that exciting? The principle here was not reserved exclusively for Mary. Far from it. Mary was an example of how we too should respond to God in faith. This verse goes on to say that Jesus was born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Friends, we are living in the day of redemption. We're living in the day of redemption because Mary responded in faith. But because she did, we're living in a day when anyone, anywhere, with faith in their heart, can come into the family of God, can become a son or a daughter of God. Isn't that beautiful? Sometimes, though, we can get stuck in a waiting mentality. Well, I'm just waiting for the blessing to come. Actually, friends, the blessing has come, and his name is Jesus. Let me put a question out there for you. Are you waiting on God, or is he waiting on you? In John chapter 1, verse 16, in the Passion Translation, it reads, And from the overflow of his fullness, we received grace heaped upon more grace. We are living in a time when the fullness of God has been revealed through Jesus. We don't have to wait on God, wondering if He will grant us His fullness, His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness. We can and should just look to Jesus. Anything that has been included in the salvation given to us in Jesus has already been given. So you see, instead of asking and wondering what God's will might be, we're better off knowing the promises of God and thanking Him for what He has done. Thanksgiving activates our faith, tunes our spirit, and aligns us with God. Thanksgiving gets us into a position we, where we are ready to receive from God. Thanksgiving keeps us in that place of cooperation with God. Thanksgiving, to use a sporting analogy, gets us out of the audience and onto the field. It changes us from a spectator into a player. You may be the biggest fan in the world, but you can't score sitting in the stadium or sitting on your couch shouting at the TV. You've got to be in the game. I want to present to you today that there are two types of Christians. Those who give thanks once they have what they were hoping for in their hands, and those who give thanks when they have what they are trusting God for 
in their hearts. Let's remember the example that Jesus gave us. In Mark 6.41, we read the story of the loaves and the fishes. And it says of Jesus, Taking the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. So here's the difference. The crowd that gave thanks, they gave thanks once the food was in their hands and they ate the blessing. Jesus, who gave thanks before the miracle was seen, multiplied the blessing. Do you see the difference? Do you want to be a consumer or a multiplier? The consumer is only concerned with what's going to meet my need. What can you do for me? The multiplier takes what he has, looks to heaven, and gives thanks for the seed, expecting to see the miracle that meets the need. I want to say that one again. The multiplier takes what he has, looks to heaven and gives thanks for the seed, expecting to see the miracle that meets the need. Friends, we always have the seed of the miracle in our hearts when we follow in the example of Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus is the incorruptible seed. When we have the seed of God's word, in our hearts, we can take it, break it open by giving thanks to God for His great and precious promises. And with a spirit of expectation, we can look to God waiting for the miracle that He will bring to pass that meets the need. There are people around you that are waiting on you to be a multiplier of God's blessing. In fact, that is God's heart for all believers. We are blessed to be a blessing. I want to end off with this verse from Proverbs chapter 11. And I'm going to read verse 24 and 25. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. What have you got to give? I want to end with this statement. The seed you sow is the harvest that will grow. It's easy to look down on a seed and say, well, it's just small. But Jesus told us not to think like that. Jesus taught us to think in terms of supernatural growth and supernatural multiplication. Jesus talk about, 
talked and spoke about the mustard seed and said that it had the power to move mountains. Friends, it's easy for you and I to look down on the things that we have and think, well, it's just small, it's not enough. But if we adopt the same mentality that Jesus had, he took what seemed to not be enough, the five loaves and two fishes, but he held it up to heaven, gave thanks, broke it, and the multiplication process took place that blessed thousands upon thousands of people. We have to get out of a worldly mentality and begin to operate in faith. Regardless of what you have and how little you think it may be, it's enough for God to use it to be a blessing to others. I'd like to challenge you to perhaps change your mentality, stir up your faith and choose to be a blessing. Say, Lord, I will take what you have given me and be a blessing to someone today. Be a blessing to someone this week. And the Bible tells us that when we think like that and we act like that, that we will prosper and that we will be refreshed, according to Proverbs 11. Bless you this week as you go out thinking with the blessing mentality thinking as a multiplier not just a consumer thinking with a seed mentality that God can take whatever we have and multiply it into something far far greater thanks for tuning in I pray that the message of God's Word will build your faith and develop a hope that is so strong it's like an anchor for your soul. Go ahead and subscribe and why not share the message with a friend?